reading tonight from first kings first kings chapter 19 beginning at verse 11 and he said go forth and stand upon the mount before the lord and behold the lord passed by and a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire a still, small voice. I'm sure it's quite familiar scripture to most of us. And I had time to look at this for a while and realized that there's a lot of noise in the world. I was real quiet there for a minute. There's a lot of noise. Everywhere you go, there's noise. And uh, at night, it's pretty nice around here. I don't know how many people live close to church here. But at night, now we've been able to have the window open once in a while. And it's quiet. It's so quiet. And in the morning... The birds are happy, and they're singing. I don't know what verse they're on, but they're singing and having a great time out there entertaining us earthlings, and we enjoy that. But generally speaking, uh, we're acquainted with noise. A lot of times when they design things for people, they design uh, vehicles and so forth to be as quiet as possible when you're driving down the highway so that when you're on the inside of that vehicle, the the road noise isn't so noisy. I suppose they do the same thing with airplanes. It's pretty noisy on the outside of an airplane, plus it's pretty cold, but on the inside you want things to be calm and and you want everybody to be happy. And so you want it to be quiet and peaceful so you can enjoy your trip. This uh, particular text refers to the fact that uh, God was trying to get a hold of Elijah. And he did it in this fashion. And there was instruction how this all came to pass, I'm not sure but he wanted him to go forth and stand upon the mount. Picture this. This mount had to be high above the valleys and the mountains surrounding that area. A mountain or a mountain way above uh, this region in which he had called him to go to so that he could be before the Lord in that place. And it said that the Lord passed by. He passed by and... uh, uh, sent this uh, strong wind that rent the mountains, break in pieces the rocks before the Lord by wind. Can you imagine that? Heavy equipment couldn't do this. Not to this extent. Wind busting up rocks. Can you imagine? We don't. We don't think like that, but we don't think like God. God does things in certain ways, to get people's attention. He was out to get Elijah's attention. 
Elijah was in kind of a slump. Sales were off, so to speak. And he needed a awakening. And so that was the first approach. Have a great wind blow and bust up a bunch of rocks and, 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 and show Elijah this, uh, incredible panoramic, panoramic view. Then it goes on. And there's an earthquake. Around here, you've probably experienced earthquakes at one time or another, or at least small earthquakes, thankfully. They're just small. They can be noisy. The, the sounds that come from earthquakes, the rumbling underneath the earth when an earthquake uh, transpires, a, a good-sized earthquake can, can do a lot of noise, create noise. It's just noisy and scary. Well, the, the Lord wasn't in that either. He, he allowed the earthquake, created the earthquake, but that wasn't the point. He was still working on Elijah. Then it says, there was a fire, set of fire. So between the wind and the earthquake and the fire, and sometimes when fires are burning, big fires, there's a lot of noise uh, along that line too. Somehow or another, God was using these object lessons for Elijah to get his attention. Have you ever noticed how slow people are to be Take, pay attention to when God's trying to get a hold of them. Put it off. No, I, 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 I'll, I'll do that later. But, but God is still trying to get a hold of us because He's got something for us to do. Us people, He has something, a place for us to go, or, or a call to answer. God is is knocking on our heart's door, and it's it's noisy, and we're trying to we try to dull the noise if we can because we don't want to hear it. We're we're too too humble to accept the love of God, the call of God. But aren't you thankful for that day when you did surrender to the will of God? And it was so simple, really. You just said, "I'm sorry, I'm a sinner." Take me on. I don't know what you can do with me, but I'll go. I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll follow your call. It sounds like a good direction, and I want to just surrender everything. It's all yours, Lord. And the peace of God that passes all understanding is overwhelming. It's a good kind of overwhelming, and we appreciate that very, very much. Sometimes we think that there's uh, situations that are just too small to have value. They're just, just too insignificant to have any value. Kind of like this when he said, after the fires, a still, small voice. That's so quiet. Kind of like a whisper. God whispering to Elijah's heart. Oftentimes, if someone would whisper, it's a personal whisper. You don't whisper to a crowd. You whisper to a person, to an individual, to maybe just one person. And that was the whisper that came to Elijah's hearing that day. And he was listening now. The noise was gone, but the whisper was loud enough to be heard. And he heard 
what God had in mind. Elijah's time wasn't completely over and his mission wasn't completely accomplished. We recall how it followed from this point. Oh, verse 13 says, and it was so when Elijah heard it, heard that particular voice, it says that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out, stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, what doest thou here, Elijah? What are you doing, Elijah? It's your time again. I've got something for you to do, and I want you to do it. And the next few verses in that chapter, it, it details a lot of information for Elijah to go out and uh, his, his business wasn't over and to uh, anoint Hazael to be king over Syria and so forth. Finally, he came to Elisha, and uh, Elisha was busy plowing and called Elisha from his responsibilities. Elisha was obviously already responsible. God usually calls responsible people. He reaches out to people that are already responsible. They, they do their assignments. They do their homework. Those kind of people God reaches out to him because he, he's got something for you to do. He wants you to be responsible not just before the call, but after the call, and that you can, can follow through. Sometimes you go to, go to work for an employer. They say starting time is 8 o'clock. And there are people that show up at 8 o'clock or thereafter. But then there's those people that show up before 8 o'clock. Those are the people that get the job done most likely. Sometimes their assignment is very simple. It's not in their contract. But they're the ones that make the coffee. That's very important when you go to work in the morning, to have somebody there to make the coffee, get things rolling for the day. Be responsible people. Elijah was responsible. He was just a little downhearted for a while. and But yet he picked up from where he was after that call, after that voice, that very quiet voice, very simple voice, and he stepped forward and did what he needed to do. But is the voice like that too small to have value? Has God spoken to your heart in just small ways and, and you thought, ah, oh, that's that, that can't be God? I have an idea. Now this is just this is just an opinion. Maybe it's an idea and an opinion. That we all know the voice of God. He hasn't kept it a secret. We recognize the voice of God. As teenagers, sometimes we've heard the voice of God. It might not have been an audible voice, but it was kind of a direction. I've got something for you to do. I want you to answer the call of God. I want you to follow me. I want you to be faithful. I want you to trust your elders in the church. You happen to attend a church. I want you to, to believe that God is interested in you in a very personal way. And God is very interested in details. Every little detail is important to God. He, he outlines these things long before we could even think about it. He takes care of the details. He allows for the training process. Well, Elijah stepped out and did what he had to do. But in the New Testament, 
book of John chapter 10, there's another reference similar to this thought. I hope you have the idea in mind so far, the thought. God's interested in getting the message across to you, getting the message across to me, whatever that message may be. John 10, verse 4, And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Get that part? For they know his voice. It's referring to sheep and shepherds, but we get the idea. They know his voice. Verse 5, And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. This is very simple. Let's not make it complicated. There's the voice of God via the shepherd in this case, and there's the voice of the enemy of our soul by way of a stranger. We turn down the volume on the stranger and we turn up the volume on the good shepherd so that we're in paying attention. Uh, you would imagine, wouldn't you, that people that retire, they've got all this time on their hands. I suppose we do. It probably depends on how we manage that time. But you get a little bit, little bit older and the energy factor kind of drops off, so you're a little slower and the brain runs a little slower and so forth and you need more sleep and all that stuff. But when you're young... You're ambitious, you're excited, everything is exciting, and, the, and you don't mind the noise and the shouts and all of that. But you still need to pay attention to that voice. The details are important. Recognize that fact. You know that voice. They know the voice. We know the voice of God. And we turn off the voice of that old enemy of the soul. There was a man many years ago. His name was Joseph. Joseph attended church. He attended church with his friends, his buddies. And in 1906, he and his pals got an idea. There was a brand new electric train running from Camden, New Jersey, to Atlantic City, New Jersey. And so they got it in their heads. They were sitting around on Saturday night, eating a little this and that, pretzels and whatnot. And Joseph, poor Joseph, he bit down on a peanut, broke his tooth off. So this big plan they had to skip church tomorrow, which would have been Sunday, they were going to catch the train over in Camden and go down to Atlantic City. Joseph was, on Sunday morning, he was at the dentist having his tooth removed. There was some pain involved, I guess. So, you ever been disappointed because you can't do something? <laughs> sure, I think we all have. We had to plan all worked out and then break a tooth? Are you kidding me? On a little old peanut? Look at a peanut change the course of history. Well, it did for Joseph. You see, on October 28th, 1906, his buddies got on that train and headed to Atlantic City. On their way there, they were almost into Atlantic City. If you don't know southern New Jersey, there's islands off the coast of New Jersey that run along the whole coast 
clear down to Cape May, New Jersey. And then there's these waterways between the islands and the mainland. And so there was a bridge for the trains and that went across one of these canal areas into Atlantic City. And the boats would, you know, have to go through there too. So they would have to open the bridges, these drawbridges and different types of bridges. And evidently they they had a problem with that particular bridge because when that train came down, that, that it was in the afternoon, uh, 2.20 in the afternoon on the Sunday afternoon, the train um, had problems getting across that bridge because it went into the water. And three of those cars, was three, well, there was actually three cars in the whole train, but there was two of them went into the water and... Uh, 53 people drowned on that train that morning, that afternoon, along with Joe's friends. But you know, you, you think sometimes God doesn't look after the details. He does look after the details. He saved Joe's life by just the little old peanuts. Seems insignificant, but it's important that we pay attention to that that still small voice. Maybe something so small, so calming, so quiet, God is doing what he can to get your attention. We want to be able to hear. We want to be able to hear what God has to say to us every day of our life. God works out the details. We don't have to do that. Isn't that good? God takes care of those details. I'm also very thankful for that peanut. Really, strange as it might seem, Joseph, his last name was Prisket. He was my grandfather. Things like that affect you when you get to thinking about it. To realize that God went before you years before you'd ever even imagine it. And God is still just as good today to take care of every detail in your life. We're going to have a time to sing a song, 482, and a time to pray.